Welcome to the teaching ministry of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Family Church in Ohioville, Pennsylvania. We pray you are challenged in your walk with the Lord through the following teaching. For more information about Christian Assembly Family Church or to subscribe to our free podcasts, please visit us on the web at cafamily.net. Using Jesus' name wisely, this is lesson number two. If you weren't with us last week, we'll give you uh, a quick review. But let's pray. Father, we thank you for your presence here among us. We thank you for the Holy Spirit to reveal to us all that you would have us to know, understand, that we might be doers of the word, not hearers only. And on our ears to hear it accurately, our hearts to receive it, our minds, dear Father God, to be open to it. Change us by it from glory to glory. Build faith within our hearts, line upon line, precept upon precept, that we would rise up, dear Father God, and be your ambassadors that are successful in carrying out the purpose of your will. And we'll give you all the glory for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Last week we talked about the fact that Jesus was given the name above every other name. Mention anywhere, everywhere, in all the universe. You know, there are a lot of names that are out there. You realize that. Did you ever ponder when you went maybe driving somewhere and uh, maybe you use Siri and she tells you, turn left on this street, Duncan Hill Ridge Road or something like that. And you wonder, who sat down and made all the names of all the roads in the world? Can you imagine that? What's your job? I name every name of every street in all America. God bless you. Hallelujah. Everything has a name. And if they don't have a name for it, they make up a name for it. Like a sickness or a disease. Lou Gehrig's disease is the name of a disease that they didn't know what it was. So they named it after the fellow that had it. That's why it's called his disease. But there is a name. Oh, there is a name. That every knee will bow to every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father we can bow and confess now as we surrender our hearts and will to him or there will be those that will bow later and I guarantee you don't want to do that then because you'll be judged for not bowing now as you live here on this earth we also said that we've been given the legal right or the power of attorney to use his name to transact business for him on this earth. And he expects us to do that. Now imagine that. You and I have been given the right to use the highest name recognized in all three realms. Spirit, soul, body, physical, emotional, physical, I mean, spiritual, even in the heavenlies, heaven, earth, beneath the earth, anywhere, everywhere. We've got the right to use that name. Only believers have the right to use that name. And we can use that name by giving commands. We can use that name by praying to the Father. Now, when you say something like giving a command, someone gets upset. Who do you think you are that you can give a command? Well, Jesus said in John 14, 13, whatever you command in my name, that will I do. There's a distinct difference between praying to the Father in Jesus' name and giving a command in His name. Uh, for example, Peter said to the man who was lame, Stand up right on thy feet. Took him by the ankle bone. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. He gave a command, and he did. Paul did the same thing. Rise up and walk, and he did. When they cast out a devil, they didn't say, Father, remove the devil from this guy. They said, Come out in the name of Jesus, and came out. 
That's giving a command. You're, you're not demanding the Father. You're not commanding the Father. You are commanding the situation, the mountain to remove, or the devil to be cast out, or the disease to die, up, die dissipate, disappear, leave the body, etc. You're giving a command by the authority of the name of Jesus, which is why he wants us to learn how to use his name effectively and properly when it comes to dealing with concerns and life issues. So we can pray to the Father. Actually, we said also last week, everything we do, Colossians chapter 3, verse 17, all that you do in word and deed is to be done in the name, the one name, the name of Jesus. And that's the only name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved, healed, delivered, preserved, set free, made whole, protected, cared for, loved, etc. Amen? So as we continue our study now, let's look at Hebrews chapter 1 and... I wasn't going to do this, but I just decided to do it. So we're going to read the whole entire chapter. I just couldn't get around it. Okay, so can we do that? All right. 1-1. God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners, spake in time past to the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things by whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory, the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high, being made so much better than the angels, as he hath by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. Friend of which of the angels said he at any time, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. And again I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. And again, when he bringeth in the firstborn, or first begotten, into the world, he saith, And let all the angels of God worship him. And of the angels he saith, Who maketh his angels spirits, and his ministers a flame of fire? But unto the son he saith, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. Thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore, God, even thy God, hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. And thou, Lord, in the beginning hast laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the works of thine hands. They shall perish, but thou remainest, and they all shall wax old as doth a garment, and as a vesture shalt thou fold them up, and they shall be changed. But thou art the same, and thy years shall fail not. But to which of the angels said he at any time, Sit on my right hand, until I make thine enemies thy footstool? Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? Do you notice he's talking about angels in their place? Well, first of all, let's back it up, give you some background. This book, the book of Hebrews, is written to Christians, Hebrew Christians, Jewish Christians, Messianic believers that are tempted to backslide and go back into Judaism, go back and apostatize, turn back to perdition, it goes on to say in the 10th chapter of the book of Hebrews. So in other words, they were ready to give up and forfeit their salvation, renouncing the blood of Jesus Christ. He is writing here to give a revelation to these people that are tempted to go back into something that they just came out of 
because they were having difficulty being deprogrammed of what they had and being reprogrammed. And so there was a struggle there with these people. In this first chapter, what he does is he reveals to us how Jesus is superior to angels and how he inherited a name above every other name, even greater than any angel. Now, why is he presenting this? Well, because you see the Jews back then, they believed that these angels were intermediaries between God and man. And they believed that they had a lot of responsibilities and duties. They believed that they could give messages. They believed that they can do uh, a lot of different things like control the stars and all that. They, they believed in all that stuff. And what he's trying to write, or I believe it's Paul, some say they don't know. Doesn't really matter. We have it as Bible, right? You know what they said? He is saying here. We're not talking about an angel here. We're talking about the one who's the express image of the living God. And he lays down his credentials. He made all things by the word of his power. He upholds all things by the word of his power. He's the one who purged our sins and cleansed us from all unrighteousness. He's the one who sat down when he finished at the right hand of the majesty on high. And he is the one in his coronation was given a name or he inherited a name above the name of any being in all existence. And the angels were told to bow down and worship him. To which of, the, of any angel did he ever say, sit at my right hand? None. He's letting them know. That Christ is not an angel. But he is God manifest in the flesh. Who walked upon this earth. Who proved his deity by the life that he lived. And his resurrection from the dead. And he's the one who inherited a name above every other name. And angels, as far as they're concerned. They are ministering spirits sent forth by God to minister for those of us who are the heirs of salvation. He put those angels where they belong. In their place. That's, their, that's what they do. That's what their duties are. That they minister for us. We're the heirs of salvation. They assist us. They aid us in carrying out the plan of God. As a matter of fact, in Psalm 103 verse 20, we are told that the angels hearken to the voice of his word. The voice of of his word, the spoken word. When someone speaks the word of God, they listen and they respond. They react. You realize we're told not even to speak before the angel that which is offensive, that goes against the word of God. Remember when they came out of Egypt, they were headed toward the promised land, and he said, I send my angel before your face, and said, if you'll hearken to my voice and do my will, I'll send my angel, he'll drive out the, from the land, the Hittites, Amorites, Jebusites, and all the ites that were there, he'll drive them, but listen to him, obey his voice, don't say something that's going to disturb him, because if you do, you're going to have to answer for it. Angels listen to the words that we speak. We can have angels that do nothing because we don't give them something to do. 
angels will hearken to the voice of God's word. And when you and I give voice to God's word, praise God, they respond. Now we can do that one of two ways. But two ways, either way. We can do it by asking the Father in the name of Jesus to release angels on our behalf. We can do that, and the Father will do so. Or we can give a charge. Remember the command? We can give a charge. I release you to go forth and do whatever. Honestly, the two times that I suspect I may have seen angels, the first time is when I asked the Father to release angels as I was traveling up to uh, Youngstown to do that Bible study in a snowstorm, and I saw my angel. But the way I prayed before I left was, Father, I want to thank you for releasing your angels for me to, to, to protect us as we travel on the highway because it was bad. The weather was real bad. And that's when, on the return trip is when I saw my angel uh, basically by the grace of God just to let me know that, hey, we're here for you. It's pretty neat, wouldn't you say? Amen. But then the other time is when someone stole my, my um, tapes. Eight tracks from my car, and I was tempted to complain about it. You ever been, you've never been tempted to complain about anything, right? Oh, I was so infuriated. I'm telling you, they took them right at my car door was ajar, and I saw that something. I knew something had to happen, and they were all gone. And I'm walking back to the apartment building, and I'm about to say, you know, you never know what just happened. But I was being taught about angels during that particular. Uh, time time period our six-week course was on angels and we were talking about how believers have the right to release angels commission our angels to go forth and do our bidding because of that verse Hebrews 1 14 they're sent they're sent forth to minister for us because we are the heirs of salvation are you an heir of salvation they've been sent forth to minister for you and they're waiting for you to speak the word when you speak the word praise God they will respond to the word that you speak and act accordingly and get involved in your life and whatever it is that you're doing. Praise God. So we thank God for that. And as I was marching my way back infuriated, I all of a sudden just stopped in my tracks and said, Nope, those tapes belong to me. Angels, I release you in the name of Jesus. Go and bring them back. <clears throat> kind of surprised myself, to be honest with you. <laughs> Being that forceful and, you know, you know what I mean? Giving that kind of a command. <clears throat> Didn't think anything of it. Turned around, went to school, came back, went to work. Came back home that night from work. And I'm standing there in my, just, just relaxing my apartment. I think I was studying for the next day. I think we had a test for the next day uh, at school. So all of a sudden I get a knock on the door. And someone has all my tapes piled up just like this. Are these yours? Yeah. They're mine here and left you have to understand this I'm in Tulsa Oklahoma I don't know anybody no one knows me no one knows I'm at school in Rama. it's an apartment complex I don't know anybody who's next to me how does somebody at 10 o'clock at night and a little bit of trickling down rain find my apartment and come to me and hand me all the tapes that were taken from my car Seem kind of weird? Now, I know the skeptics out there say, oh, that couldn't be an angel. Well, the Bible says entertain strangers because you might be entertaining angels unawares. You realize that? I just choose to believe. You choose to believe sometimes? 
Okay, how did Jesus get his name? He got his name by inheritance. That's number one. And why is this important? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If we're going to have faith in any area of our lives, we've got to know what the word of God says about it. We've got to understand the power and authority of that name. Again, before we go to point two, when it comes to praying, we just talked about prayer, the Lord's prayer. Did we not for a few weeks, for seven weeks? And we've been told to pray to the Father in the name of Jesus, John 16, 23 and 24. But yet we still have people saying they're praying to Mary, they're praying to St. Joseph, they're praying to, and they're naming all these other people as if they have credentials like Jesus has. I'm sorry. But I'd rather be truthful and biblical. Are you listening to me? There is only one qualified to open up heaven's door. There's only one qualified to give us an audience with the Father Himself. And He earned it. He inherited it. It's Jesus. He's the only one. There's only one name that captures the Father's attention. And what is that name? Jesus is the only name. That's it. And so we go to the throne in the name of Jesus. It's important that we recognize this. And that's how, you know, unbelief operates. Apparently, people don't believe they can go to the Father in the name of Jesus, so they have to get some other being there in, in, in the heavenly sphere to go for them. That's called unbelief. You are what the Word says you are. You have what the Word says you have. You have a right to go to the throne of God in the name of Jesus and ask the Father to do something that He promised for you in Jesus' name. He said, you ask the Father anything in my name and He will give it to you. Why? That your joy may be full. So how do we pray? In the name of Jesus. To whom do we pray? The Father. In Jesus' name. Point number two. He also got His name by bestowal. He had it bestowed upon him or conferred upon him. Look in Philippians chapter 2. It's inferring to us that there was a name somewhere in heaven waiting to be conferred upon someone who would merit it. And it was there awaiting someone who would merit it by doing certain things. So if we, we'll read this here in a moment, but as we back up, it says, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not wrong to be called equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon himself the form of human flesh. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself, and became obedient to death, even the death of the cross. Notice, he left the glory world, he robed himself in flesh, and then on this earth he lived a life of obedience to the Father, one of which sent him to the cross. One act of obedience. Then the next verse, now look at verse 9 through 11. Wherefore, because of all this, God also hath highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth 
and things under the earth and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. It was conferred upon him. It was bestowed upon him. Why? Because of his obedience to do the Father's will. So that name was there, but someone had to merit it. And the one who merited that name was Jesus because Jesus did what no other human being could possibly do. No one else can do this. But he did it. And so the Father conferred upon him a name. Praise God. That's above every name. So that at the name of Jesus, every tongue. Matter of fact, let's put it this way. Every knee should bow of things or beings in the Amplified Bible, it says things or beings in heaven, things or beings in earth, things or beings under the earth. So every name. What does God want to communicate to us then? Whatever it is that has a name that's defying the will of God for our lives, commanded to bow to the name of Jesus. You know, we should speak that name to a condition in our body and say, I'm telling you now, in the name of Jesus, out. Stop. Belief. We've got to believe there's power in the name. We've got to believe there's authority in the name. We've got to believe it's the highest name in all the universe to call upon. And that everything and anything is subject to that name. It must bow. It must bow. It must bow to the authority of the name of Jesus. And the only being on the planet that has a right to use the name. You're sitting right here with me. Every one of us has the power of attorney. The legal right to use that name. You know all power is in that name. It is the only name under heaven. That saves, heals, delivers, makes whole, sets free, preserves, protects, gives us an audience with the Father, and so on and so forth. What a name. You remember when the seven sons of Sceva tried to use that name to cast out a devil? You remember that? I know Paul. I know Jesus. <laughs> Who are you? Who are you? And just pounced on him. Stripped them naked. They went running out of the house. They had no right to use that name. We have a right to use that name. Let's not be complacent. Let's not be in unbelief. Let's not be discouraged just because maybe I tried it one time and it didn't work. You know what we should be? We should be encouraged by what we're hearing here tonight. And then we should be full of faith and belief that this name is above every name and I'm not trying to find out how that it doesn't work. I'm going to find out how it works in my life. I am going to continue putting pressure on the circumstance or situation by declaring that in the name of Jesus, you must bow. You must leap. Mountain, I am speaking to you, not on my authority, but by the authority of the name of Jesus Christ, you can't stay. I give you no right to stay, no trespassing in my life. As far as I'm concerned, you're gone. Your history. Pack up your bags. You might as well leave. You must bow to the authority of the name of Jesus. We got to believe that. And not be complacent with what's happening in our lives. That's complacency. What will be, will be. I've tried this. I've tried that. Stop it right there and just say, you know what? I'm rising up even 
stronger in my faith in the power of that name. It's not in me, it's in the power of that name. And who gave him that name? He inherited from the Father. It was bestowed upon him, conferred upon him by the Father. And it's his. But look at the third thing. By conquest. By his conquest. Look at Colossians chapter 2 and verse 15. Here it says, And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Talking about the cross. To bestow means to confer upon somebody. Did you ever see a boxing match when someone emerges victorious? And if it's a title fight, then he bears the title of whatever heavyweight division or whatever it might be, intercontinental, whatever, world champion. How did he get that? It was bestowed upon him because of his conquest, because he won the fight and now he has the title. Now he has the name. And you know what? It really amazes me sometimes when I see some of these people, they think that this is the greatest thing in all the world until they get their block knocked off at the next fight and all of a sudden they went from a hero to a zero right exactly doesn't last very long I got news for all of us the victory that Jesus won is eternal hallelujah it is forever and ever remember of things present or things to come this name is acknowledged and recognized as the highest authority and name in all of the universe praise God Almighty and he bears the title of the victor over death hell and the grave I am he that lives and was dead and behold I'm alive forevermore and I have the keys of death hell the grave he has power ultimate authority in all the world he's the title holder praise God thank you Jesus you see his conquest was over all the realms of darkness sin Satanist sickness disease mental anguish he's conquered it all any circumstance any situation anything that Adam brought into the world Jesus overcame praise God he said I am victorious over the world so be of good cheer you're gonna be persecuted you're gonna have tribulation and all that but be of good cheer I've overcome the world and the way you overcome the world is by faith in me and what I have done and by you using my name. And so you and I have been authorized to use his name. Why? Because of his obedience to do what he was supposed to do. Praise God. He was given this highest place, this name in all the universe. Look at Ephesians chapter 1. His defeat of sin, Satan, sickness, disease, death, and the grave. Praise God. And every principality and power gives him the title. As the reigning king of kings and lord of lords. In Ephesians chapter 1. In this prayer, the Apostle Paul is praying that our eyes be open. Oh my goodness, do we need our eyes open? To what? To the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named not only in this world but also in that which is to come and put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over the over all things 
to the church, which is the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Wait a minute. Is that really telling me what I think it's telling me? Is that telling me that God used the greatest working of his mighty power when he raised Jesus from the dead and gave him a name that's above every principality, power, every name that is named in this world and that which is to come and he did it for the benefit of the church? How many of you know Jesus didn't have to come here and do that for himself? He was already there in the highest place in all the universe. But you see, he humbled himself. He became a man. He saw that we were in need. We were at a severe disadvantage. The enemy would wreak havoc with our lives, destroying humanity, ushering us into a realm of eternity in the, in the lake of fire. And he said, enough is enough. And he became a man and he came to this earth. He entered the strong man's house. And I'll tell you what. Now, there's, there's a discrepancy here between individuals, theologians, as to when this battle took place. How many know that in our generation, people really like entertainment? How many of you know that? And in some cases, they'd rather be entertained in church than taught. I'd rather be taught. Right? And they're so involved in entertainment that many will pay big bucks just to watch a prize fight on TV. They'll pay a hundred bucks just uh, on demand or some, whatever it is to watch a prize fight on TV. What do you think those $30 million purses come from? People that do that. And they'll pay all that money to watch a prize fight on TV. It's a lot of money, wouldn't you say? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, this prize fight either took place, some think, in the realms of darkness when Jesus was raised up from the dead. He threw off from himself all the powers, principalities and powers. Or others think that it took place in the sky, in the first atmospheric heavens, in the first heavenlies. Because here's what happened. It doesn't really matter to me where it took place. What matters is it took place. And I know who the victor was. Amen. Okay, for 4,000 years, Satan was ruling the world with Adam's authority and dominion. And he was wreaking havoc in the lives of people. Death was reigning from Adam to Moses. Then the law came along and so on. People were being destroyed. God couldn't handle it. He sends Jesus. And why does he come? To destroy the works of the devil. That's why he came. He came to undo, outdo, and overdo all the works of the devil. If by one man sin came and death came and death reigned, then so by one man righteousness would come and grace so that by the gift of grace and righteousness, we can reign in life by one Christ Jesus. But that meant that somebody had to defeat the enemy. He came to undo, outdo, and overdo the works of the devil. To destroy him through death. He had the power that he had the power of death, that is the devil. To destroy him. Destroy him. Now, if you can just paint this picture in your mind. After he paid the penalty for our sin, 
He was raised up by the glory of the Father. Now let's just assume it took place in the underworld where he was absolutely mauled by all the demonic powers of darkness and all the evil that there possibly is because he was in the lowest pit, the lowest place, we are told. The lowest. Where the fullness of the wrath of Almighty God was resting upon him. Let's just say that, remember, that's not Satan's domain. You have to understand that it's not. He, he's the prince of the power of the air. Not down there. But that was made for Satan and his angels. So if he entered a strong man's house and then God raised him by the glory of the Father, all this effort of Satan to try to hold him back and keep him down, hold him down, to prevent him from carrying his blood to the high court of heaven, I'm sure he called upon all of his emissaries that he could possibly call upon to try to stop this event from taking place. And so the battle is on. We're ready to go. Fisticuffs. Or it took place when he emerged from the grave, was there, the stone is rolled away, and now he tells Mary, don't touch me. I've not yet said to my father and your father, my God and your God. So don't touch me. And then the Holy Ghost extracted his blood, praise God, as only he could from the very ground, put it in the basin and presented to him as he began his journey up to the high court of heaven, the highest court of heaven, and... These demon forces and powers, just like the prince of the power of the air. Remember the day of Daniel when the prince of Persia tried to stop the answer from coming to Daniel? Michael came along, helped Gabriel out, and won the victory for him. Remember that? However it happened, if it happened in the sky, if it happened below or beneath, Jesus threw off the powers of darkness he made a public example and display of Satan before all of those who followed him. All the following angels saw him destroyed by Jesus, overcome by Jesus. And then Jesus took his blood to the high court of heaven where he obtained eternal redemption for all of us. And now he's the reigning king of kings and lord of lords. You know what? He's coming again in clouds of glory. He is the title holder. He has the power and authority over death, over hell, over all the grave. All sin, sickness, disease, Satan, all demon powers. And what did he say? <laughs> Preach the gospel and let everybody know what I did. Those who believe and are baptized shall be saved. Those who believe not shall be damned. And these signs will follow those who believe in my name. They will first thing cast out devils. Cast out devils. Get rid of them. Just cast them out. How? In my name. In my name. You've got authority in the name of Jesus and so do I. To cast out devils and stop the work of Satan in its tracks. So the investment was made for those of us who are in the church so that we could use his name to transact business for him here upon the earth as ambassadors. But look at some of the things in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 20 that we are to do. Every phase of our life involves the name of Jesus. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father. How? In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. He just said, it's his will for us to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Give thanks to the Father. Be being filled with the Holy Ghost. Giving thanks to the Father in the name of of our Lord Jesus Christ. Father, I thank you.
in the name of Jesus. Father, I praise you in the name of Jesus. If you're a stickler for the word, do exactly what he said to do. Father, I worship you in the name of Jesus. Look at the next one. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 11. If you back up a couple of verses there, it talks about um, some of them were extortioners, adulterers, effeminate, fornicators, and all that. And then in verse 11, it goes on to say, and such were some of you. Some of you were that same way, a murderer, a thief, whatever, just name it all. But you are washed. Say with me, I'm washed. You are sanctified. Say, I'm sanctified. You are justified. Say, I'm justified. How? How? In the name of our Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, glory. I was a has-been, but no more, praise God. I've been washed. I've been sanctified. I've been justified in the name. Whew. I know what this is doing for you, but man, it's pumping me up. Praise God. It's getting me excited. Glory to God in the name of Jesus. We've been washed, sanctified, justified, washed, cleansed from all sin, sanctified, set apart for his use and his use alone, justified just as if it never happened. Praise God. Made righteous and holy in the presence of God Almighty before the throne. I just heard someone just say, a preacher say, I'll just leave it at that. I won't say who, what, where, when, why, or how. But I heard him say, oh Lord, in his prayer, oh, I'm so unworthy. We are so unworthy. Do you know what it's like to keep a little Italian down? When you hear someone say something like that, and you just want to jump out of your skin in a public place and say, but he made us worthy. Don't feed these lies to these people. You are worthy by the precious blood. He washed you in his blood. He cleansed you. He sanctified, set you apart, and justified you. And you are worthy, praise God, to serve him. Oh, glory. And to bow before the throne. Look at Hebrews 13, 15. How about this one? By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks or confessing to his what? Look at this. Look at all these things we're supposed to be doing. How? In the name of Jesus. Let the fruit of our lips give thanks to your name. I give thanks to your name. What was that you said happened here? What, what was that name you said? Oh, I give thanks to the name. There's a name above that. What did they say? There was no hope. What was the name of the situation? Tell me again. Oh, thank God for the name of Jesus. Thank God for the name. It's above that name. It's above that. It's greater than that name. It's more powerful than that name. Mm. Are you getting it? Oh, hallelujah. His name is all powerful. We got to believe it. We've got to act like it's so. Declare it. Decree it. Proclaim it. Mm, look at the next one. Mm, this is a goodie. James 5.14. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil. Some people stop right there. 
Just anoint him with oil. Well, that's part of it. Anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. Oh, glory. Hallelujah. In the name of the Lord. I anoint you with this oil in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise them up. If they've committed any sins, they shall be forgiven. And praise God for the effectual, fervent, heartfelt prayer of a righteous man. Makes tremendous power available, dynamic, and it's working. But notice the anointing of oil is in how? Whose name? Oh, the name. The name. The name. You know, when that name is mentioned, heaven stands at attention. When that name is mentioned, all hell shudders and shakes and quakes. Mm. You know how we should respond? With joy unspeakable and full of glory. You almost want to go to the throne and just say, Father, you made it so hard for the devil. You've given us this name above every other name and he has no defense for it. What's he going to do now? Stripped of his authority and power. Oh, he might enforce his his ways over the lost of the world but you're not lost mm, you're an ambassador look at the next one first John 3 and 23 look at these two together and this is his commandment we know the commandment that we should believe on the name of his son Jesus Christ and love one another as he gave us command notice how these two go together what's the commandment to love one another as he's loved us and believe on the name. We're talking about really believing on the name. And not just using it flippantly or lightly. So much misuse is out there with regard to this wonderful name. It is so used in an improper way, disrespectful way. A way that should make us all shudder. Don't say that. Don't say that. Don't use that name that way. It's too valuable. It's too precious. You know what it took for him to acquire and achieve that name? By inheritance, by bestowal, by conquest. You have any idea what it took for him to defeat the devil, hell, the grave? To get that name, to secure that name. And you know what he did it for? He did it for all of us here. And you are using that name that way? Shame on you. Shame on you. That's the name that can break your shackles. That's the name that can turn you loose and set you free. That's the name that can give you life. Heal you. Deliver you. Make you whole once again. Get you through life. Every difficult place. A mountain will remove by the authority of that name. Oh, glory to God. You've got a use of a name that's above every other name. And so do I. And we're the only people on the planet that have the right to use it. Wow. That name touched every phase of their lives. And I want you to see this in Acts 3.16 because, oh, this is so important. There's only one way faith comes. But look at this Acts 3.16. You know the story. Peter and John going to the temple about the hour of prayer. The, the man that's lame there, lame man, gave the temple call beautiful, asking alms of those that entered the temple. He's seeing Peter and John asking alms, and Peter said, Fasten your eyes on us. He said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee. 
in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Took him by the right hand, lifted him up. Immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. He leaping up, stood, walked, entered the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And when the people saw that, of course, they thought that Peter and John were some special individuals. And he said, look, don't look at us like as if by our own power or holiness. We've done this notable miracle that was done before your eyes of this man that you've seen probably from birth. Who knows how long he's been there all those years, 38 years. He's been there all these years. You've probably given him alms yourself. But if you're asking us by what means he's been made whole, I'm going to tell you. You're not going to like it. But I'm going to tell you. His name is Jesus. His name. Through faith in his name. Through what? Faith in his name. Through belief in his name has made this man strong whom you see and know. Don't you love that? You see him. You know him. You can't deny this miracle. And you know they actually said that. There's a notable miracle that's been done by him. It's obvious to all of us because we know this guy. But that it spread no further. Tell him not to preach or teach in the name any longer. You know, I was in church for 24 years, never heard anybody teach on the power of the name of Jesus. I mean it. No one didn't even know about the power and authority of that name. This his name through faith in his name hath made this man strong and given him whom you see and know. Yea, the faith which is by him has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. His name through faith in his name. How does faith come? Comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. We need to hear this. Oh, there's a name. There's a name. There's a name above every name. His name is Jesus. Oh, it's to be reverenced and honored and highly respected. Every creature in heaven, earth, and beneath the earth are going to bow someday to the power of that name. But you know what? We can make all these forces bow to that name on our behalf as well. Because we've been authorized as ambassadors. So as an ambassador for Christ, it's up to us, praise God, to use that name, to transact business for him here upon the earth. And when we use it, see, the power of attorney is only as good as the power that stands behind it. You realize that? The authority that stands behind it. Well, I've got news for all of us. All the government of heaven stands behind the name of Jesus. And as an ambassador, when you and I whisper that name all of heaven is ready to act. Jesus said, in my name, you command anything and I will do it. Because in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Praise God. There am I. Is he here? Because we've gathered in his name. Praise God. So it's up to us to continue to meditate on the power and authority of that name. To learn how he achieved that name. By inheritance. By conferral or bestowal. And I love by conquest. Oh, hallelujah. 